This is Live La Bella Vita with your host, Don Catherine. If you're looking to know all the latest beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. Do you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense? This is your show. It's Live La Bella Vita on Toginet with Don Catherine. If you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes from the vine to the bottle, if you love Italian food and want to learn Nana's recipes, you enjoy travel and want to know the best luxury destinations and resorts, love spending time with La Familia, does your business or passion allow you to live La Bella Vita? Let's find out. All that and a little more with an Italian flair. This is Live La Bella Vita on Togina.com. And now, here's your host, Don Catherine. And Muvido, and welcome to the Bella Vita Show. I'm Don Catherine, your hostess with the mostess, and I hope that you have poured yourself a glass of wine. I certainly have, um, and I hope you're ready for another great show. If you love fashion, you are going to love this show because I'm going to be reviewing some of the shows that happened last week um, in Milan. Uh, of course, I have all of my favorite designers lined up, so we're going to be talking about what you're going to be seeing trending uh, come this fall. And uh, if you are a lover of the 70s, I think you might like it. Uh, you know, it was something that kind of trended last show season. And uh, so it's still on course. So you're going to see a lot of 70s inspired stuff. So we'll be talking about that. Um, and uh, if you are listening to me live, thank you so much for joining me. If you're listening to me on a podcast, thanks for downloading my podcast. If you're listening live, didn't know that you can do that. You absolutely can. I want you to go to toginet.com. You can go right to my show page and download any of my podcasts, my shows that have aired. And, uh, or you can go over to iTunes and put in my name, Dawn Catherine, or the name of the show, La Bella Vita. Scroll on down to podcasts and uh, subscribe for free, and you will hear all of my shows as well. And then you can download them onto your iPhone and, you know, listen in to me when you jog or on the treadmill and you want to know about, you know, fashion, travel, all that good stuff. It's all good. Uh, so, like I said, we have a great show for you. We're going to talk about all things fashion. And uh, so I'm going to tell you about what's going on in the world. So lots going on. Um, it, it was this week for me, this weekend was a binge-watching weekend of uh, lots of shows. <laughs> if you are a fan of House of Cards, you know exactly what I'm talking about because this season dropped onto Netflix on Friday, I believe, and of course by Saturday I had watched the entire season. I, uh, I loved the whole entire season. It was great, and uh, if you don't watch House of Cards, I cannot stress enough how much you really should get into watching House of Cards. It's so well written, and it really does give you an inside look of how politics really work in this country, although it's a little bit more... I don't know. I guess you could say theatrical somewhat, but you know that it really is kind of how things get done, which is kind of scary when you think about it, because if you watch House of Cards, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, I loved this season, and the thing that I hate about Netflix, and this is what I, you know, it's the same thing with Orange is the New Black. Love it, right? Love, love, love. But what I don't love is the fact that I can watch all of the shows 
shows all at once. So now I just binge watch the entire season and I have to wait a whole entire year until the next one drops. Again, it's madness, I tell you. They really should do like half season, like drop six episodes or seven and then drop the next seven like in fall so you can switch it up a little bit so you don't like the wait isn't that long. It's just like Game of Thrones. I mean, for the love of God, we've been waiting so long for Game of Thrones to come back. I can't take it either. So I think they really should look into doing that because people who are crazy like me, we binge watch it. We can't get enough of it, so I have to, like, flip to the next episode. It's craziness. So I, I wish they would just split, split them up. So then, of course, Sunday night, we have the finale of Downton Abbey, season five. Um, phenomenal. If you love the show, and hopefully you have watched it, so I am going to give some spoilers. So uh, Mr. Carlson, <laughs> Mr. Carlson and uh, Mrs. Hughes, um... They're totally, like, hooking up, and I could not be any more pleased. I love Mr. Carson, and I love Mrs. Hughes. They are so cute together, and I've always thought they had this little thing going on, and then last season when they walked in the water together, and she said, I always got your back. Uh, not words, but something close to that. Um, I knew that the writing was on the wall for these two, so that was awesome. And then, of course, we love um, Mr. Bates. And uh, he came back into town and surprised Anna, who had just gotten out of jail. So all is well in the world um, in Downton Abbey. So we have to wait until next year to find out what's going to happen. And uh, I cannot wait. But with the news of that, Downton Abbey's Maggie Smith says the hit show six uh, upcoming season will be at least her last in that the the hoity informal matriarch, uh, matriarch, Countess of Grantham, um, also hinted that this show, it might be the last season. The sixth season might be the last season, which is really sad. Um, this, uh, you know, I understand why. I mean, it's like the show is like a 1920s, which means Lady Grantham, Countess Grantham, um, would be like 120. So, I mean, they really, it's really getting to a point where, you know, all these characters to really be a lot older than what they are. And, um, so it'll be really interesting to see how how they keep it going. Um, but um, it is an Emmy and Golden Globe award winning show. And I think that it could go on for longer. But like I said, I don't know how. Um, it was, like I said, 1924 when the, the show's, uh, the season show concluded. And Julian Fellows, who is the creator and writer, has actually signed on to a new NBC series called The Gilded Age, which follows the upper crust of New York society in the 1800s. A pilot is in the works um, for this year, and uh, he's going to have a really big part of it. So it should be interesting to see how that all plays out and uh, how they're going to end Downton Abbey or if they're going to try to squeeze out another season. Cause I think that all of us who are lovers of Downton Abbey would love to see more seasons of it, but I can understand why there's the need to actually kind of bring it to a close because these people would be so much older. It's kind of how game of Thrones is too, because some of these kids really are, are playing young, <laughs> you know, they're supposed to be younger and they're, obviously getting much older and uh, that's really not working out so well for them. But uh, that was, um, you know, it's pretty, 
pretty cool. Can't wait to uh, see the next season. So I have decided that I'm going to go to London and watch it on their schedule because I can't wait until next January to see the next season of Downton Abbey. Um, for those of you who you know who listen to the show, I'm a lover of reality TV and Survivor and The Amazing Race are two of my favorite shows. They started last uh, week. I'm loving the new Survivor. This whole three-team tribe thing is awesome. Um, the new Amazing Race is so adorable. Uh, you have people who are have been in relationships uh, for a while, and then they have what they call the ultimate blind date where they matched up singles with other singles and just threw them together and tried to have them go run, race around the world. So it's very it's very crazy. Like, I can't even imagine being put in that situation. I'm a kind of person I get along with anyone, so I think I would be able to get along with that person. Now, would I be able to do certain tasks and be able to work with them, you know, to get through the roadblocks and all that stuff? I, I don't know. I would hope that I would be matched with somebody who was the opposite of what my weaknesses were because I'm not very mechanically inclined. So putting things together is not my forte. I would be the first person to admit that. So like if they could do that and then I couldn't, it would work out. But if I had somebody else that was a partner who couldn't put together crap either, I'd be in serious trouble. Uh, but it's kind of crazy because last week's episode, which was the first week's uh, the first week, the first three teams to come in were teams that were thrown together. They outdid all of the teams who had already been together previously. So I thought that was pretty interesting to see that three teams who had never had any contact previously from 25, four hours prior, and they came in like the first, second, and third place. I thought that was really astonishing. So that was pretty cool. Um, okay, so Bachelor, if you're a Bachelor fan, I'm sorry, but this season, I'm just about over it. I'm so glad that next week is the finale. Well, actually, this coming Monday, I'm going to be having a Bachelor watching party at my house. Uh, it's a little bit of a tradition. Every finale and every season premiere, we have dinner and drinks and watch the the either the premiere or the finale so it should be interesting to see how it gets played out is he going to pick Whitney or is he going to pick Becca I'm actually team Becca I think she's better for him I think he's more into her but I think he's going to end up with Whitney I don't know why but I think that's what it is I would have loved to seen him with uh Brit and she would be my pick for Bachelorette but actually the other girl who came in number three, who names, whose name escapes me at the moment, apparently is going to be the next Bachelorette, and I think that season is going to be boring, too, so that's crazy. Um, and it was announced today that Bachelor Chris, of course, is going to be on Dancing with the Stars. Whatever. Um, haven't they played that card already? Uh, so I'm just going to give you my style icon of the week, my Encantados. Uh, Emma Roberts from American Horror Story uh, was out the other night. She had on a beautiful billy bla billowy black tank dress by Cynthia Raleigh with Stuart Weitzman leg wrap heels. She looked so adorable, totally cute. Uh, and uh, my buffoon of the week has to go to Bobby Brown's family. I am so sad for this family. They are going through such a tragic time. But I have to say the family is filming their reality show. And I just think that it's in severely poor taste for them to be filming a reality show while she's 
in a coma and trying to recover, and they are actually covering this on the show. Um, I think there's a fine line of what you should do and what you shouldn't do. I guess it's what's best for them, but I just don't think that it's it looks that great um, to most people. And I believe that today is her birthday, so happy birthday to her. And uh, I wish her well, and I hope she gets better. Uh, when we come up in the next segment, we're going to be talking a little bit about some Italian art, things going on in Italy, and then we're going to get to the Milan Fashion Show. It's Dawn Catherine. It's La Bella Vita Show. We'll see you on the side. Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on Toginet.com. This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders. A forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. This is the Tokenet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Spark Your Soul Radio with Ann Phyllis. Perspectives with purpose, insights with heart. The WooHoo Radio Network show for spiritual seekers and fire starters who are ready to stop feeling lost, alone, confused, or blocked and start tuning into your soul speak so you can ignite all areas of your world. From your work to your relationships, lifestyle to legacy. Host Ann Phyllis is a spiritual analyst, fire starter, energy alchemist, and soul truth clairvoyant. Use Using the heart and purpose-based principles of her signature Soul Sense system, Anne offers weekly wisdom for tuning in, letting go, unlocking, and unblocking. If you've been walking through life with excess baggage, a heavy heart, a feeling of disconnection from your inner life, consider Anne your guide to spark your soul journey and reignite your relationships, life, purpose, work, and spiritual consciousness. Every week on Spark Your Soul Radio, Anne takes you on a journey into the heart of your soul sense. There, she helps translate your energy, essence, and soul truth knowing into positive action and change. From this space of personal awakening and transformation, you're able to reignite your spirit, spark your soul, and live in alignment with your vision and values. Ready to spark your soul? Check out past shows by clicking on the podcast player. 
Got a question for Anne? Want to be a guest on her show? Visit sparkyoursoul.me and listen to Anne every Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. And from thence, I had great desire to see Italy and came to Venice and from thence to Florence, where I played before the Duke and got great favors. If it's good enough for Sting, it's good enough for us. This is Live La Bella Vita on Toginet. If you love Italian food, you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, you love travel and luxury destinations and resorts, this is your show. It's Live La Bella Vita, all with an Italian flair. Now, let's get back to the show on Toginet. It's Live La Bella Vita. And here again is your host, Don Catherine. And welcome back. This is Don Catherine. It's the La Bella Vita Show, and we are talking tonight about fashion. But first, before we do that, we are going to be talking about a few things from Italy, and uh, I think that you might enjoy some of this information. Uh, if you're a car lover, you're going to love this Maserati, one of my favorite cars. is planning uh, is not planning on an electric car yet, but it will launch a hybrid plug-in version of the Mar- Maserati Levante luxury car. Crossover SUV in the second half of 2017. Its CEO, uh, Harold Wester, said Tuesday um, at the Geneva Motor Show that the hybrid uh, hybrid Levant could herald similar systems being introduced for all other models, giving drivers the option of using electrical power or petroleum. Our estimates tell us that between 2020 and 2025, the global level, the share of hybrid cars belonging to the Levant Quattro Port and and Gilbey segment will be between 40 and 50 percent. In the second half of 2017, a hybrid Levant of the plug-in type will arrive. And uh, so I think that will be really cool. Um, I'm all about the plug-in cars, people. Stop using oil. It's killing us. Got to stop polluting the planet. So let's plug it in. And if I can have a Maserati to plug in, even better. Uh, So this is kind of uh, sad news getting on about uh, some of our resources uh, and uh, kind of how pollution from petroleum uh, and all that stuff kind of wrecks our planet. Uh, And that is why in Italy, 14,000 cultural heritage sites are at risk of landslides and 28,483 sites are at risk from flooding. A joint study by the Higher Institute for Environmental Protection and Research and the Higher Institute for Conservation and Restoration said uh, yesterday, in Rome, 2,204 monuments are exposed to the risk of flooding with a return period of up to 500 years. These include sites of the historic center, including Piazza Navona, Piazza di Popolo, and the Pantheon. In Florence, the study said that 1,145 cultural heritage sites were at risk from flooding with a recurrence interval of up to 200 years. Those include the Basilica of Santa Croce, the National Library, the Baptistry, and the Cathedral of Santa Maria de Fiori. Uh, Volterra, which is near Pisa, which saw part of its medieval walls crumble last year, Civita di Bonaggio near uh, Viterbo, and Curtaldo near Fiorenza are among the numerous historic towns at risk of landslides up and down the peninsula. Of course, these are all due to climate change. So that's why we should have 
plug-in cars to help with the whole climate change thing. So it's really sad because I don't think people realize, I mean, I think people do, but, you know, when you think about the ramifications of climate change and about how our seas are rising and the effects that it's having on this planet, I mean, we all know that Venice is going to not exist eventually because it's just going to flood. And when the sea level rises, there's just like no turning back. Like once that water melts and it floods, there's nothing we can do. And there's going to be a lot of amazing things that are going to get lost forever because of the climate changes and the different things that are going to go on between flooding and landslides and earthquakes and, you know, just really horrible storms. So, uh, you know, do your part. Do whatever you can to erase your carbon footprint. I try to. I hope you do too. Uh, and so can we say hashtag and selfies? Uh, some 50 Italian museums have joined about 500 others worldwide for the global Twitter event Hashtag Museum Weeks, organizers said Monday. The event is aimed at bringing together museums, art galleries, and lovers of culture on the social network during the final week of March to share their experiences. This year will mark the second such event over seven days with seven themes using the same hashtag. Representing Italy are museums ranging from the Regia di Venaria in Turin to Naples Mother Museum Mother to the Palazzo Real in Genoa. The first Museum Week in 2014 included about 74 Italian museums along the 630 European institutions, which logged in more than 260,000 tweets through the event. The seven themes this year include behind-the-scene activities, visitor memories of museums, and photos of favorite spots, including selfies. So if you are going to be... uh, in Italy, uh, get the list and uh, snap away and uh, find out what the list is and uh, see if you have some personal photos of your own. I know I'm going to look through some of my pictures and uh, participate in the hashtag museum week. So I think that's kind of fun. So some news from Venice. Groups of serenading gondolas gathered under the historic Palazzi in the Lagoon City it may become a thing of the past under a new water traffic regulation issued last month. Gondolas must now travel in single file on the left-hand side of canals while the motorized vessels going down the right and overtaking to the left. A commissioner perfected the order. Uh, and the craft can be no longer be three longer than 3.5 meters will be banned from passing under the Rialto Bridge, where a German tourist died in a collision between a gondola and a Vaporetto in 2013. So for those of you who love your gondolas, this is kind of a sad thing because, you know, they used to have the, uh, you know, the procession of the the uh, singing gondolas, the serenading gondolas. So that's going to be a thing of the past. So kind of crazy a little sad but you know things have to change there's a lot more traffic there now so when your streets are basically canals a little bit difficult to uh manage so i guess they eventually they needed to do it uh if you're going to be going to siena the 13th century cathedral will reopen its stairway to heaven shortly they said on tuesday the local authorities the famous black and white striped cathedral first opened a series of spiral staircase to the public in 2013 which i told you about allowing visitors to climb up to a walkway near the top of the 16 meter nave once they reach the top of the spiral staircases visitors can enjoy an aerial view of the inlaid marble mosaic floor, one of the most ornate of its kind in Italy. 
The mosaics created by some 40 artists from the 14th to the 16th centuries are laid out in 56 panels shaped like rectangles, hexagons, rhombuses in different sizes and cover the entire floor of the cathedral with pictures of sibyls, allegories, and virtues and scenes from the Old Testament. From the top of the staircase, visitors can also get a close look at the cathedral's hexagon dome with its trompe de l'air, coffers painted in blue with golden stars, and top of Bernini's gilded lantern. The Gothic cathedral was built in between 1215 and 1263 is a treasure trove of art and works by the likes of Donatello and Michelangelo. Its distinctive interior striped columns and walls are made from black and white marble and a nod to Siena's black and white coat of arms. The capitals of the columns in the west bays of the nave are sculptured with allegorical busts of animals with the horizontal molding around the nave and the uh, contains 172 plaster busts of popes dating from the 15th and 16th centuries starting with St. Peter and ending with Lucius III the spandrels of the round arches below the cornice exhibit the busts of 36 emperors the stairway to heaven reopens this year on March 9th through October 31st for guided tours of the cathedral in its adjoining Piccolomini library the latter houses precious illuminated choir books and a high impact series of very colorful frescoes painted by Pinturio based on designs by Raphael they tell a story of the life of Siena's favorite son Cardinal Inia Piccolomini, who eventually came Pope Pius II, while the ceilings is covered with painted panels of mythological subjects as executed between 1502 and 1503. So if you are in Siena, go ahead and check that out. It should be a very cool thing to see. And uh, an exhibition exploring the sacred and archetypes aspects of motherhood and its fundamental role in the Mediterranean culture will be at the Palmer Governor's Palace from March 8th to June 28th. A selection of 170 works from over 170 prestigious museums will be on show with archaeological and artistic masterpieces such greats as Pinturicino, Veronese, Moretto, Giacometti, Pizzolatato, uh, and Val and Viola, all worth about 100 million euros, which is a really lot of money. Uh, Mata, maternity and art, promoted by the Parma municipality, was a brainchild of Elena Fanatella and curated by Anna Maria Androli. The exhibit aims to explore the mysteries of life and procreation as they are portrayed in art, and in an entirety that details within illustrates symbols of motherhood as humans have created, perceived, and described them. Subdivided into four sex sections, the exhibition begins with the prehistoric figurines of mother goddesses and those of Roman and Greek mythology. Uh, here viewers will account, among others, the Venus of Savignano on loan from Rome's museum, the Ephesian Artemis from the Vatican Museum's frescoes from Pompeii, and a tablet with a birth scene from the first century AD from the Naples Archaeological Museum. So all these and more will be on display, and uh, you should check it out. It sounds like a really kind of a cool, different kind of collection, and uh, there's some really great artists that are going to be showcased here, so I think you should check it out. So that is all that's going on in Italy. When we come back, we're going to be talking all things fashion. Gucci Gucci coming up next segment. Stone Catherine, it's the Bella Vita Show. We'll see you on the other side. 
This is Live La Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on Toginet.com. Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions in both their business and personal lives? Then Off the Record Secrets of with host Judy Schreiner is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years. And now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list. Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. This is Buzz Local Radio. We have the three topics here, and we just added a fourth because we started talking about hot dogs. He's in a band. We both had guitars, so I went over to his house Christmas Day that so day. we had to start a band. And uh, I think we wrote four I or five that songs feeling. that afternoon. And Cannibalistic Fish was one of them. Cannibalistic Fish. <laughs> I couldn't do the dreads. My mom would not oh, let me wear my pants backwards darn. to school either. That was wiggity, 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 wack. <laughs> Buzz Local Radio. Available for free download on toginet.com. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T dot com. Come bella gialla luna, brilla strette, strette come butto belle faste già. Sotto celle de Roma. If you love Italian food, you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, you love travel and luxury destinations and resorts, this is your show. All with an Italian flair. It's Live La Bella Vita. Now, let's get back to the show on Toginet. And here again is your host, Don Catherine. And welcome back. This is Don Catherine. It's the La Bella Vita show, and we are about to talk all things fashion. I'm going to be telling you about all the latest and greatest from the fashion shows last week in Milan. After New York and London last week was Milan's turn to get into the swing of fashion week as leading Italian fashion houses prepare to debut their women's fall, winter 2015-2016 collections. And if London shows felt comparatively warm after the sub-zero temperatures of New York, with the 60s and 70s consistently rehashed by designers, the fashion pack was eagerly anticipating how hot Alessandro Michel's debut at Gucci would be in Milan. Michelle's first foray into women's wear since being appointed creative director at the mega brand last month follows the abrupt departure of his predecessor, Frida Giannini, just a week before the presentation on January 19th of the men's wear's collection. Giannini's departure after 10 years at the helm, which has been linked with falling sales, was supposed to follow the Milan's women wear shows last week. Michelle is a former head accessories designer at Gucci, redesigned the entire menswear lineup in just five days after Giannini's resignation, showcasing, showcasing rather a 1970s-inspired blurred gender divide and a fresh take on the subcultural music scene that was a far, far, far cry from Gucci, uh, Gucci's customary jet-set glitzy glam. The collection received a standing ovation from everybody who attended. The debut will reveal just how much of a nonconformist vibe seen in menswear and echo 
of the take on Saint Laurent uh, that has transformed the French house will be part of the next Gucci incarnation. Other leading fashion houses presented their fall winter collections, included Alberta Ferretti, uh, Bottega Ventea, uh, Gucci Pucci, Ferragamo. They were all there. So uh, femininity is getting a rethink in Milan. Designers are incorporating more masculine tailoring while giving a contemporary edge to normally girly touches like bows, ruffles, lace, and yes, polka dots. Among runway trends during Milan Fashion Week in its fourth day, uh, silken blouses tied off with off skew bow around the neck and highlights from the shows uh, included Bottega Veneta, Roberto Cavalli, Jen Sander, and my favorite designer of all, Pucci. So at Bottega Veneta, pop art was its theme. Colors popped, emerald green, teal, yellow, russet, violet, and orange matching in tone and intensity the bold polka dot patterns that dominated the runway for the first part of the show. The repetitive dotting and contrasting colors would transpose easily into a Roy Lichtenstein painting, but the women wearing Tomas Mayer's creations show none of the existential distress the pop artist normally portrayed. She's confident in polka dot tunics and tulle uh, and teal or emerald green with a contemporary neckline that flips over to reveal contrasting colors. Okay, this really screams like 80s to me. I don't know why, um, but the picture is... It's, it's, Kind of cool. From bold, uh, the looks grew more pretty with overlays of delicate black or rust lace over colorful dresses. Um, and Merrick maintained a contemporary edge with transparent panels and overcoat that became a show window of sorts. Um, to the eye-popping color of the day wear underneath, capes had a tra trapezoidal shape offset by streaks of color, uh, and he anchored the collection with a pair of black suits set off by a crinkled silk scarf twisted around the neck, a stylistic gesture that conveys what Mare means by nonchalant style. Uh, sense, you know. So then we had Jill Sander, who's designer Rodolfo Paglialunga's first winter women's wear collection for the brand put the coat at the front and center. Keeping the lines very long, Jill Sander represents a little bit of the elegant world, and that's why he wanted to do the very long silhouette. Um, the collection puts its focus on the basics. Pants, footwear, and coats. Belted overcoats are worn casually over flared trousers. Dresses and tunics were based over on the overcoat form with big pockets and lean lines adhering to the brand's minimalistic roots. Shorter jackets were worn with cropped trouser skirts. Geometric lines running diagonally or along garments edges underscored the discipline of the pieces. What frivolity there was came in the form of color, bright orange booties and yellow knee boots, and subtle detailing like orderly ruffle peeking out from the, the neckline. So Jill Sanders doing some crazy stuff. Uh, with the line, and uh, it should be, you know, should be different. We'll see what comes of it. Roberto Cavalli, one of my favorite designers, is about to give up his perch as a designer to the sex bombs, no matter the trends around him and no matter what happens after the sale of the brand that has been showing him along for 20 years. His collection for next winter was unapologetically sexy, from the exotic print mini dress beneath a fur-lined overcoat to the last please gown with cut-out diamond shapes accentuating the waistline. 
Few do red carpet gowns with more billow and bluster, and the newest creation comes in either a halter top or with feminine blousy sleeves. I love blousy sleeves. People love blousy sleeves. The two-tone gown fades from powder blue to rock and roll purple, so I guess we're going to see a little more ombre. And blue and dress for a psychedelic sunset. Cavalli and his wife, Eva Duringa, the driving force behind the company, gave a quick wave to the crowd after the show and not their usual full runway strut, which is kind of funny. Cavalli is in the final stages of talks to sell a majority stake in the brand he founded and forged into one of the world's best-known brands. Favorite stars are Sharon Stone. And in what role he will have under new ownership is really unclear. And I hate when designers sell their brand or sell a stake because it's always it's very dicey. You just don't know what's going to happen. Um, they say that they don't know exactly what's going to happen with this whole transition about him selling his stake, but that they will in the next couple of weeks make an announcement about what's going to be going on at the Cavalli house and uh, how everything's going to play out. Uh, Amato Scarvino, known for his prowess dressing sensual woman, says he likes to play with gender identity and his designs without blurring the lines. Scarvino dipped into the male fabric playbook and deployed a macro black and white houndstooth for coats. I love me a houndstooth, people. I love them. I have some scarves. I have a couple of blazers that are houndstooth, so I'm really kind of happy and jazz that it's coming back for the fall uh and uh he's even using it as accents there was a skirt and jacket ensemble with a sequin black top love that a striking coat with an asymmetrical shawl collar and an overcoat with red sequin appliques over the black and white repeating pattern love it houndstooth has never been so pretty and was called on to lend drama to a more uh, a suggestive coat in an asian inspired red dress um, so there you go. So now we're going to go on to the world of Gucci, G-U-C-C-I. Uh, poetry infused into an iconic brand was a storyline of Alessandra Michelle's first show as a creative director at Gucci. The most anticipated debut of Milan Fashion Week presented women's wear for the 2015 collections. Romance styled the flowery patterns of flowing dresses, the see-through pointy esprit blouses, the below-the-knee velvet skirts, lace mini dresses, and knackered fur coats, a hot spin on the vintage look. Models of both genders made their way down the catwalk in after interchangeable looks, as seen with the back-to-1970s trouser suits. The brocade coats, love me a brocade, people. Uh, chintzy chiffons and pre-creased numbers were a stock break with a deck-long aesthetic of Michelle's predecessor, Frida Giannini. The show marked a new beginning from a sleek to chic Gucci to a conceptual Gucci. The show notes spoke of the freedom to build new meanings, quoting Italian philosopher Giorgio Angeben, who said that those who are truly contemporary are those who neither perfectly coincide with their time nor adapt to its demands. Mich Michelle's Gucci woman looked like a flea market regular, one who can mix, mix vintage store finds and family heirlooms with funkier pieces like a below-the-knee leather skirt with a belt sporting the Gucci logo or full-lined horse bit loafers. They contain references to the Florentine House's past, the double G pattern, as well as quotes from the iconic Tom Ford era, including satin shirts mixed with hip-hugging trousers. Yet the clothes were not about prepackaged total Gucci look. Michelle designed standalone pieces with a devil-may-care attitude of Heidi Sliman's St. Laurent and the ability to put the wearer back 
the look so aptly interpreted by Celine's Phoebe Philo. Textures and prints, the soft leather, the whiff of velvet, the Renaissance-style flower patterns contributed to the lived-in quality of the pieces. Yet the vintage feel was always counterbalanced by a youthful spin. The girly bows on the shirts and dresses, the naivety of skin bare and point to three separates. Colors entice softly, ginger, dewy pink, uh, asparagus green, light blue, burgundy, and pops of red. The contemporary is the untimely, the show notes said, paraphrasing French philosopher Roland Barthes. Indeed, the collection quoted from the past while delving, delving into unexplored Gucci territory through a nostalgic romance that looked at once familiar and new. And accessories compounded this fresh spin on the attic chic look, the French-style beret and pom-pom hat, the geeky oversized tortoiseshell glasses, and the new chim strap bag design in the furry slippers. Love furry slippers. Uh, luxury was all about romance. Romance and understated in next winter's Gucci's, whose declining sales over the past two years were linked with Frida Giannotti's departure in January after tenure, tenure as the creative director. Um, so we have my favorite designer, Pucci, uh, my favorite brand. Out of nowhere, one model carried an aura of knowing worldliness she stopped and smiled knowingly for the cameras it was supermodel eva herzovova walking for Pucci designer peter dundas in a velvet jacket embroidered in gold with zodiac signs over a long roughy black dress dundas who's a sagittarius sought to embrace the unknown with this zodiac themed show and some pieces like long velvet overcoat over a zodiac printed dress look downright wizardly. In fashion, we are so busy managing everything we do, we can't always control things, and sometimes wonderful ha- things happen when you can't control them, he said uh, backstage. Leave it to the stars. Dundas created magic with silhouettes so wonderful. Long models looked like they were walking on stilts under their velvet palazzo pants, accented by bags with fringe so long that's probably time for a trim. The eclectic collection also included eye-popping mini dresses of black and white vertical optical patterns paired with matching maxi boots, love me a maxi boot people, uh, and striking gowns of ribbon, wrapped ribbon. Cosmic energy is a powerful thing to those who believe it. Peter Dundas left the mythical allure of the zodiac um the zodiac guide his fall collection with the results that were pretty divine it's the study of the sexy power the mystery and potential of the night sky articulated through its symbols um both in optical patterns and closing the show by translating the zodiac into colorful graphic patterns hand painted on long t-shirts it's amazing love me some poochie when we come back we're going to be talking some dolce and gabbana Here we go. We'll see you on the other side. You know, he just might. This is Live La Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on Toginet.com. Do you want to 
contact high? Tune in for fun, inspiration, and motivation every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Learn how to maximize your mojo and just say no to the status quo. Get inspired and motivated by a fun-loving coach who knows what it's like to get through this thing called life. With your high-on-life coach, Audra Irwin, each Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time and 12 noon Eastern. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders, a forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. love Italian food, you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, you love travel and luxury destinations and resorts, this is your show, all with an Italian flair. It's Live La Bella Vita. Now, let's get back to the show on Toginet. And here again is your host, Don Catherine. And welcome back. This is Don Catherine, it's the La Bella Vita show where you're talking about all things fashion. And I just want to wrap up with my uh, review of Pucci because Pucci really is one of my favorite designers, um, design houses. Um, and Peter Dundas, I love him as a designer. He has done such great work for Pucci. He really has escalated the brand since he's been there. And uh, so continuing with his Zodiac theme, the rest of the clothes reference Stevie Nicks and Jimmy Page to bring everything into the orbit of Dundas's 70s comfort zone and made for a rich bohemian story with moments of gandy, dandy glam and the swish of wide leg trousers and navy and burgundy velvet. I mean, how phenomenal is that? Like trousers and velvet? Seriously, cannot even take it. And gypsy rock and fringe skirts and billowing cobalt gown worn with a black ribbon choker. One of the best looks was a sweeping tailored coat in crushed velvet blue with embroidered with gold stars, signs, and worn over a flimsy gown. Um, Dundas wouldn't comment on speculation that this was his last collection for Pucci, which kills me, um, and that he may return to Roberto Cavalli. Yet... Uh, it was definitely tempting to read his answer that I read about online when he was asked about looking to the cosmos for inspiration. He was quoted as saying, sometimes in life you don't really know what's going to happen and wonderful things do. So I'm really thinking that this is probably um, going to be his last collection for Pucci, which is really sad. But he's going to Cavalli, so it's not... Uh, going to be a total loss for the fashion world but he truly he just really knows how to dress 
women so femininely and just so beautifully. I just adore his designs. So I'm kind of sad that he is probably going to be leaving Pucci, but again, he is going to be going to Cavalli, and again, it's not that bad. Uh, of course, then there was the Dolce & Gabbana show. Wouldn't be fashion week in Milan without Dolce & Gabbana. Mother's Day is in May in Italy, but it came early this year. Dolce & Gabbana's autumn winter collection at Milan Fashion Week was called Viva la Mama. It was a sub celebration of mothers everywhere. As with all shows from the brand, the clue came with the invitation, which featured drawings by children dedicated to their moms with messages such as Tiamo Mama, I love you mom, scrawled in sweet wobbly handwriting. The theme was the underlined by the tableau at the back of the catwalk. It featured grown-up models along with babies, toddlers, and children. All dressed in Dolce, the scene was like a live art-directed family portrait. The show was evolved from the menswear equivalent in January, which was dedicated to family and had a particularly photog photogenic ones from grandmothers to children as the tableau. Both shows, both shows came with Twitter hashtags to increase the social media presence of such snappable images. And uh, designers Dominica Jos Dolce and Stefano Gabbano liked to take the theme and run with it. One model was six months pregnant, three carried babies, and at one point a little girl walked down the catwalk all to the applause of the front row accompanied by the warbling of the Spice Girls. 1996 hit Mama. This theme had an effect on the actual clothes too. Sweaters and dresses featured similar scrawled messages rendered in sequence and a mother and child print and a later section of the show used drawings the designer did as children as prints on pretty silk dresses. Other parts of the collection deviated from the theme and included jeweled headphones likely to become a highly priced accessory of the young and rich next season. Playing with symbols of femininity, brain classics were all present wiggle dresses with elbow length sleeves and rose prints pencil skirt suits embellished with doctor bags lingerie inspired lace in the influence of the early 60s silhouette the mix of wholesomeness of family with a healthy dollop of sexy is the trademark of this quintessential quintessentially italian brand that turns 20 in october it's hard to believe that Dolce & Gabbana is already 20 years old. Dolce & Gabbana are one of the 10 most successful Italian brands, according to a study last month. The research conducted by Medio Banca surveyed 130 fashion companies, and it suggests that a lot of, has, of this success is down to exports. The brand is available to buy in 40 countries, and 79% of the sales came from overseas. Uh, universal themes such as family will only help the cause. They translate into any language, including children. And this one where show is likely to turn as well into social media. So good on Dolce & Gabbana. Now, one of my other favorite designers, Alberto Ferrari. Love, love, love. And I couldn't love this collection anymore. The Renaissance, we're talking about, you know, the 70s being an inspiration for all of these collections. Well, I think that... Uh, Ferretti went back to like the 1670s or the 1570s perhaps uh, with its sumptuous velvets and pre-woven golds and ruffly neck lines has been creeping influence this season. 
Has Wolf Hall had a part to play or have designers spurred by the recent success of Miraria, Grazia, Churi, and Piccoli, whose brands of design at Valentino mimes the richer seams of Western culture tapped into a deeper satirical history? After last season's flowery fairy goes to Woodstock offering all lace inset denim nude chiffon and suede fringing, Alberta Freddy was in a sober mood for the Women's Wear 15th collection. Inspired by the Renaissance, her 50-look collection featured landscape-painted velvets, tweeds, patchwork with rich brocades, like I said, I love me a brocade, um, and delicate lacy white organza shirts. An embroidered black cape coat was fringed around the collar with fur, very Thomas Cromwell, thoroughly blessed shorter than Madonna's brick cape catastrophe. Poor thing fell at the Brit Awards, if you didn't know. But she came up swinging. She looks graceful getting back up and keeping on performing. A sovereign warning for every woman. Watch out for the cape. Uh, while tops featured panel details and gold embroideries that recall her- heraldic art, trousers were cinched at the sides, drop-waisted in fashion and brocade, while skirts swished around the ground in heavy velvets, tweed, and mohair, and often a combination of all three. Upholstery fabrics were definitely a thing this season. When widows' weeds were sheer and made of lace, and delicate dresses were paired with long-knitted earthy color. Um... The thick necklines were high, the sleeves long, and the attitude somber. Although the models with their low, unkempt ponytails, clear faces, and mournful romanticism recalled a prettier pre-Raphaelite melancholy rather than the dotty Renaissance antecedents. There were sweet touches, too, a tiny little velvet knapsack, all embroidered in red, adorable, and neat knee length flat boot often embroidered in the same florid design just the thing for ambitious court politicking broad so if you have been following fashion you know that the renaissance has really been big in the last couple of years uh dolce and gabbana did a collection um of it gucci has done a collection that was renaissance inspired um this one's a little bit different it really is really pretty and i can't tell you how much i love the idea of really rich fabrics coming back for fall um you have the you know, with all of the velvet and the capes, and I love the that whole look. I also love how they are definitely going with the whole vintage vibe because I think that right now there's such a uh, movement and upcycling and people actually shopping more at vintage shops and uh, taking some classic pieces and pairing it with something that's new and contemporary and being able to mold that together I I think it's it's a really kind of a cool combination that they're doing and I think that you know fashion always kind of represent what's going on in the world uh, because there is such a collective movement to people upcycling and take, taking things that might people might otherwise throw away when it comes to furniture or even fashion, you know, old pieces, and just finding new ways to wear it. Like people I know personally, they'll take an older piece and either just embellish it in some ways to make it modern or they'll deconstruct it and, and incorporate it into something new. Uh, it's the same thing that's going on in the world of design as far as 
um, house interior design, taking old pieces and repurposing them and, you know, reconfiguring them to uh, make it modern, even if it's a really old piece. I know for myself, I just remodeled my kitchen and I put in like a 130 year old um, farmhouse cast iron sink that was used in a barn. And, uh, you know, I, I love the fact that I was able to repurpose that and bring some some of that old and not just throw it away. It has a brand new life with me in my new kitchen. So I think that's really, really cool. And uh, so I think that that trend with the clothes, um, I think it's going to be uh, very you're going to see lots of different things. I think there's going to be something for everyone because I think that if you are into those uh, really sumptuous fabrics such as velvets or if you really like the ruffles, um, that's going to be in. Uh, we saw a lot of, although I didn't mention it in some of the other shows in New York, a lot of sweater dresses, a lot of tunics, which, you know, in the wintertime when you eating too much and <laughs> you can put on a tunic and hide a lot of sins and tunics, you know what I'm saying? Um, so a lot of that's going to be going on. So I'm really excited to see, you know, what, what we see on the runway and what actually comes out is always two different things, but I'm really excited to see how it translates. Of course, we don't get here in the States a lot of things. It takes a little while for it to get here, but, um, I have seen a lot of this bohemian kind of style, just really vintage-inspired, really cropping up. I see p people doing it more and more, so I'm really super excited about that. Um, and uh, I think that um, I, I think that it's going to be very interesting to see how spring plays out. If we're going to still kind of see this '60s and '70s-inspired um, romanticism. Uh, continue to play out or are we going to or are the designers going to go in a totally different direction and come up with something new um, I think that um, it will be exciting to see so you know the next shows will be in the fall of course they'll have New York Fashion Week in the fall and then they'll go to London and Paris and then eventually they will go to Milan um, I'm hoping that next year that I'm going to be able to go to the Milan show and uh see some of the runway shows and report on them uh i'm looking into doing that so that should be exciting so who knows maybe next year the show will be coming from milan i'll be able to tell you in real time what's going on so that would be fun um so uh I have a lot of other stuff to talk about, but I'm running out of time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take all this information. Um, obviously, it's kind of hard when I'm talking about all these different fashions, what they look like. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to put them up on my show page and give you a little bit of taste of some of the different stuff that I'm talking about so that you have an idea. And also, if you listen to me, you really should follow me on Pinterest. I have a Hokator um board that has over 3,500 pins on fashion and a lot of them come from the runway show so you really should take a look at those because I always have all of the different designers, Poochies, Gu 